The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. All right, we are back with another edition of the Intentional Foul Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Saunders, flying solo uh, here again today, tonight I should say. Uh, I'm recording this on Thursday night on the eve of Game 2 of the Bucks raptors Eastern Conference Finals. One to nothing, as the brain would say. Hell of a game last night. Um, a lot of things uh, I was expecting, a lot of things I wasn't expecting. I wanted to get a, a podcast out Tuesday night, get a little preview of the series, but I kind of stroked on that one, so we're going to have to go with a little bit of a Game 1 recap and, and a Game 2 preview. So, um, Interesting game last night. Buck started out hot. Giannis came out of the gate hot. You know, you could tell he was ready to play. Um, the other four starters, Lopez, Bledsoe, Middleton, and Miritich, um, were building houses with the amount of bricks they were throwing up in the first quarter. You could tell those guys were way too jacked up. They were super tight. Um, biggest game of pretty much everybody on the Bucks' life, with the exception of probably George Hill. Um, you know, got Bucks got behind early. Really struggled defensively. Uh, some bad rotations, leaving a lot of shooters open, and it really allowed Kyle Lowry to to get going after uh, really struggling in the Philadelphia series. I mean, I, I think he had one game where he didn't even score. He ends up last night with thirty. Hit seven. Uh, what was it? Seven of eight. Let me check the check the stats here. Seven of nine from three. I mean, man. You got to do something about that. You can't let him be, you know, get loose on those pick and rolls, and you know he was getting some of those long rebound tap outs and just catching and firing. And uh, Buck's got to do a good job of finding him. But you know he he gets thirty, Kawhi gets thirty one. You know their two all stars get sixty one points. I'm sure they would expect to win the game. But uh, Bucks rallied, did a nice job, weathered the storm, fought back. And, uh, you know, that's kind of been the M.O. of this team all year. And there's been a lot of games where they've been down and, and they storm back and end up winning by double digits. And it's really impressive. You know, these guys are, are a mentally tough team. You can tell by the way they, they push through adversity. And they did that last night. You know, going into the fourth quarter, it was a little dicey. Bucks had, Every time it seemed like the Bucks would come back and they cut it to one or two or three, you know, something would happen. They'd turn it over. Lowry'd hit a big three. Um, you know, they had some momentum going in the third quarter. Bledsoe finally got off the schneid and, and started going to the basket instead of settling for jump shots like like Charles Barkley was saying at halftime. You know, go to the basket, Bledsoe. Nobody can stop you. Um, he got a couple baskets, and then Giannis goes to the line and misses two free throws, and it just kind of killed the momentum for, you know, a good portion of the third quarter. And Bucks down eight going into the fourth. And then what do you know? Brooke Lopez catches fire. 
had to be the greatest game of his career last night, and he's had a very good career. I mean, he's made an all-star team. He's played in the playoffs before, but, I mean, what he did last night coming up with 29 points, 11 rebounds, knocking in four threes and, and stretching that defense out, you know, he struggled early on. Um, but, man, in the in the second half, and especially in the fourth quarter, he was you know, he's the reason they won the game. Giannis, Giannis did what Giannis does, 24, 14, and 6. You know, that's that's what you're going to get out of him in this series. You're not going to get any 35, 38-point games, I don't think. I just, he, they're going to key on him too much. Every time he goes in the paint, they're doubling him. And uh, he did a good job as the game went on of finding the shooters. And, you know, frankly, if the Bucks had shot the ball anywhere close to their percentage, this is a blowout. I mean, they go 11 for 44 for the game from three. 25%. At one point, early in the fourth quarter, they were 6 for 35. They were like 17%, I think Marv Albert said. I mean, if they are even in the low 30s, this game's a blowout. So they did what they had to do to win, protect home court. I think if you're Toronto, uh, I think they're they're going to say all the right things, that they just came to get one game uh, out of the first two and try to snatch home court and they you know they still very well could do that but I think they got to be kicking themselves last night they let that one get away Bucks did not play a great game played well enough to win executed down the stretch Toronto did not Kawhi Leonard definitely got tired did not score in the fourth quarter um, credit to Chris Middleton who worked his ass off all night you know I was telling a buddy this today that we were talking about the game and you know he he's he was kind of ragging on Middleton a little bit for not shooting the ball. Well, and I'm, I told him I said, you know he's not gonna put up great offensive numbers in this series because he's gonna have to expend so much energy trying to guard Kawhi Leonard, um, who's one of the four best players in the world right now, and is on a roll. I mean he's averaging thirty a game in the playoffs. Um, you know and 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 Kawhi's still gonna get his points, but. You know, Middleton did a nice job of making him work. You know, he only shot 10 for 26 from the floor. Um, one for five from three. Put him at the line 10 times. I mean, that's kind of where a lot of his points came. But all in all, I thought they did a pretty good job. You know, Siakam struggled. Mark Gasol really struggled. Two for 11 from the field. Siakam six for 20. Uh, they got nothing. Toronto got nothing from their bench. Which is, you know, I, I think that's going to be the theme of the series. The Bucks' uh, depth is going to allow them to take advantage of Toronto. You saw it a little bit last night. You know, all four start, all five starters for Toronto played at least thirty-five minutes. Three guys played over forty, and Gasol played thirty-nine. That's you can tell they they kind of wore down a little bit, and and that that's something the Bucks can definitely take advantage of uh, as the series goes on. You know, but some interesting matchups. Um, you know, the Lopez Gasol matchup. Um, two big kind of lumbering guys that that'll step out and shoot the three. Uh, Lopez is much more comfortable than Gasol. Um, Gasol is a great defender, but he's not what he used to be. And and the Bucks really took advantage of him in the pick and roll. Chris Rubber was kind of screaming for that all night long. And uh, in the second half, the Bucks kind of finally started to do that. Um, you know, Giannis and Siakam, that's that's obviously advantage Giannis, but Siakam's going to put up some numbers too. 
Uh, didn't shoot the ball last night very well, like I said, but he's going to be a factor. Um, Middleton Kawhi already touched on. Lowry Bledsoe, I mean, Bledsoe can't get outscored 30-9. to Just just unacceptable. You know, 3 for 12 from the field. Uh, you know, the, the, the good thing from Bledsoe is he played 30 minutes, he had no turnovers. Um, but offensively right now, he's just a mess. And about the only time anything good happens for him is going to the hoop. And when he gets going to the hoop, you know, he draws so much attention. He can finish. He draws fouls. And um, that is it. that's a huge thing for the Bucks. i got to take advantage of that. And he's got to do a better job on Lowry. He can't let him get loose. I mean, Kyle Lowry's not going to hit seven threes very often. Um, but he can hit four, five. So uh, got to do a better job there. And then uh, Danny Green and Miritich, you know, Miritich, his his stats were not bad, 13.6 boards, um, only one for six from three. He's been struggling with his shot as well, um, you know, but he's another one of these guys. I mean, he, he can get rolling and hit four, five, six threes in a game. Um, and, and as I said about the bench, you know, the Bucks bench didn't play great last night other than Brogdon. I mean, Brogdon's basically the sixth starter, played 26 minutes, 15 points. Um just a solid all-around game. Played some pretty good defense when he was in there. You know, you got Connaughton in there for 10 minutes. He grabs his six boards. Um, you know, George Hill was steady. Struggled with his shot. Didn't score. And Urson, uh, of course, you know, in there drawing some charges and knocking down a couple threes. So, all in all, pretty pretty solid effort. Happy to get out of there with the win. Um, got a big one coming up tomorrow. You know, Toronto's a little bit desperate. I feel I don't think they can go down 0-2. Uh, and have to beat the Bucks four out of five times. I, I, the Bucks haven't lost back-to-back games all year except for once, and that was on a West Coast road trip. Um, I, I don't see them losing four out of five. So this is a, a must-win for Toronto on Friday, in my opinion. Um, it's just crazy to think about where the Bucks are at right now. And I, you know, I kind of, I kind of probably should save this for if they make the finals. Cause I don't want to get ahead of myself. I guess maybe I will, but um, you know, from where they were five years ago, when Wes Edens and Mark Lashley bought this team to where they are now, three wins away from the finals. Um, pretty impressive, but yeah, I'll save that one for, for a couple weeks or maybe a week down the road when uh, I'm, I'm on uh StubHub and trying to figure out how, how much these finals tickets are going to cost me. Um, in the West, you got the Warriors and the Blazers. Game 2 just wrapped up here a few minutes ago. Um, Warriors won to go up 2 nothing. Blazers were in control most of the night. And uh, fourth quarter, you know, the Warriors did what the Warriors do. Um, that's just a, you know, for, for all the finesse and the three points and the hot dogging and, and the things that they do, that is a tough-ass team. You do not make the finals four years in a row unless you are tough. And, you know, in order to beat them, you have to beat them. They are not going to beat themselves. And, uh, unfortunately for Portland, they're down 0-2. And, and again, it's it's another situation. There's just no way they're winning four out of five. Um, just no way. So that series is all but over. It's kind of a formality at this point. Um. Just a couple general NBA things. You know, the Rockets got knocked out last round by Golden State. And um, they, they've kind of been, Houston's kind of been building their team 
And Daryl Morey, their general manager, has basically come out and said, building their team to beat the Warriors. And uh, for the fourth time in five years, they've been knocked out of the playoffs by the Warriors. Um, you know, I, I think I heard Chris Broussard on, on Fox Sports bring this up initially, where he, he kind of compared this Rockets team to the, the Steve Nash sons of last decade, you know, the late late 2000s. Um, Nash, Stoudemire, Sean Marion. Really good teams, won a ton of regular season games. Nash won a couple MVPs. D'Antoni was the coach. And uh they but they just they couldn't get past the Spurs. You know, and if you if you look back in NBA history, that's kinda how the league is. I mean, you know, back in the original Celtic dynasty, you know, the the Lakers lost to the Celtics like eight times in a row. Just couldn't beat them. You know, in the eighties the Bucks in the early eighties from basically nineteen eighty one to nineteen eighty seven Every single year, they got knocked out by either Philadelphia or Boston. And every one of those years, either Philadelphia or Boston went to the finals. Um, Bucks had great teams; they just couldn't they couldn't beat Doctor J's and Moses' Sixers and Bird Celtics. I mean, Patrick Ewing in the Knicks they they couldn't beat the Bulls, couldn't beat Jordan. The Jazz couldn't beat Jordan. So it's it's. It's interesting how that works, but um, you know, I I don't like the Rockets particularly. I don't I don't like the way they play. Uh, I'm not a James Harden fan, but um, it, it's got to be a little depressing if you're a Rockets fan to to just you, you kind of got to resign yourself at this point where it's like, you know, as currently constructed, you just can't beat the Warriors. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with those guys in free agency and trades. And Chris Paul is not what he used to be, and he is on the hook for a lot of money the next couple of years, like over thirty a year for like three more years. So, you know, good luck with that. Uh, interesting development this week: John Beeline, Michigan coach, um, agrees to be the new head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, interesting hire, good hire, I think. I think he's a hell of a coach. He uh, really turned that Michigan program around, played in two national finals in the last decade, uh, put a lot of guys in the pros, is a really good offensive coach, has some pretty good systems everywhere he's been. Um, 66 years old, so kind of old for a first-time NBA coach, but um, I think he'll do well. No no expectations or pressure in Cleveland. they got a young team they're rebuilding, so you know they'll give him a – a couple of years to get his feet under him and try to get him some talent and and see what happens. Um, be interesting to to watch that team though. Be you know they'll be in the Bucks division of course, and um, I just kind of like the way Beeline runs his teams. It's 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 a fun it's a they're fun teams to watch. Um, the lottery happened on Tuesday night. Shockingly, the Pelicans win the lottery with a 6% chance to win. They are they win the Zion Williamson sweepstakes. Be interesting to see what happens now. Um, if he can convince Anthony Davis to stay in New Orleans or, or if the Pelicans decide to trade Davis and get some more draft picks and, and just total rebuild or what. But um, top four were Pelicans, Memphis, Knicks, Lakers. 
Um, I I mean, thank God the Lakers didn't get it. Jesus Christ. I mean, you think it's LeBron Laker overload now? Just if they if if Zion had been on that team, my God, and the Knicks would have been just as bad. You know, let the kid go down to New Orleans where nobody is paying attention, and and just let him let him learn, let him play. You know, that's part of the problem with some of these young guys. They get too much shit thrown on them and picking picking every game apart like it's this is a Bruder film, and you know, it's not the NFL. You. you you just can't do that in, in an 82-game season. It's stupid. But the Skip Baylesses of the world will continue to do it because that's what they do. All right, well, that's enough hoops. Um, try to get something back maybe after game two, maybe this weekend, try to fire one of these out again too um, before game three on Monday. So, uh, But a little Brewer talk before we, we hit the road. Um, on a nice little road trip here. Started out in Chicago, went one and two. Just miserable weather, miserable weather. It really it reminded me of last year. Uh, I believe they went down there in April for a four gamer, and the Brewers got stomped. I think they got shut out three out of four games, and in the other game they maybe scored two runs. Uh, this team is like they're 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 like the they're like the Saints now. They just don't play good in cold weather. They're, they've become a dome team. The Brewers are now a dome team. <laughs> kind of funny to think about. Um, and then just wrapped up today a four-gamer in Philadelphia, taking three out of four. Really nice uh, nice swing against a team that was leading the National League East. Um, nice to see Ryan Braun get on track. He's really been hitting the ball well. Dialed in, hitting a lot of, a lot of shots back up the middle. Had a nice home run the other night. Um, Yelich, two home runs today. Dude is just ridiculous. I mean, he's already got 18 home runs, and it's May 17th. This dude might have 30 at the break. That's crazy. But, you know, the thing is, saying all that, the reason the Brewers are 4-3 and on this trip and have been playing pretty good baseball has been the pitching, starting pitching. Um, Something that, a lot of people, including myself, were complaining about in in April, has kind of has kind of straightened itself out. Davies, Chassin, Woodruff, and Gio Gonzalez have really done a nice job, you know. And the Gio thing, he's he's not what he was a couple of years ago. He's not a, a great pitcher anymore, um, but he's a pro and he's a legit starter. And he's really stabilized that staff. He he kind of put everybody in the right slot. You know, bumping Burns back into that late relief. You know, kind of making him that seventh eighth inning guy with with Jeffress setting up for Hader. Uh, that I think that's Corbin Burns's role in the majors. I I just don't see him being a starter with only having two pitches. Um, you can get away with that in the pen for one inning. You can throw hard and. and you know, throw a lot of fastballs coming in like that, but you just can't do that as a starter. You're going to get teed off on. Um, but Gio's pitched well. It's been a pleasant surprise. I, I didn't have much uh, hopes when they signed him. I thought it was kind of a, you know, a little bit of a reach. I thought if they really wanted him, they would have brought him back in the off season. Um, but hey, I like what I see so far, and uh, hopefully he can keep it up and, um, you know, get into the fifth, sixth inning. Give these bullpen guys a little bit of a rest. You know, it was those those two, three, four inning starts out of 
Burns, Peralta, and Woodruff at the beginning of the year that really killed the bullpen. And uh, they seem to have righted the ship a little bit. Be nice to get down to Atlanta this weekend, a little bit warmer weather, and, and see if these guys can get rolling. Um, like I said, four and three on the trip. It'd be nice to come home with, uh, you know, about a seven and four record. So, seven and three record. So that's about all I got for this edition of the intentional foul. Producer Josh will be handling the the stuff back the back in uh, his little his little area at the, at the radio station where he does his thing. Uh, got out and got to do a little golfing with him today out at the country club. A nice little golf outing, a little cancer golf outing, so that was fun. Um, got rained out for a little bit, but was still able to get the 18 uh, free 18 holes in, so that's that's always good. That's always good. So, all right, folks, we will uh, we'll be back. Like I said, hopefully I'll try to maybe get something out Monday, and we will catch you down the road. 